Hey, welcome to Kingsway Caring Bar. We are a community inspired by love to live differently. I'm Dave, one of the pastors here. It's so great to have you with us. We pray this teaching will inspire you, build your faith, and lead you to a life of fullness and freedom in Jesus. Enjoy the message. God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can be here together today. We thank you that that is such a blessing to be able to be together as a community. And God, we just pray that you would encourage and enrich us today as we learn about you and the amazing people who have represented you so well in their lives. Thank you, God, that you are here with us. everybody. Thank you so much for coming. I know things are a bit unsettled at the moment, uh, but let's hope and pray that that changes uh, this weekend, which would be wonderful. Uh, Yeah, welcome to everybody who's here and also to everybody who is joining us online. We are so incredibly grateful that you are here and a part of our Mother's Day service. Uh, Happy Mother's Day. Uh, To all of the women in the room, uh, it's our day to celebrate, which I think is really wonderful, and every woman here deserves to be celebrated today. Uh, We are incredibly blessed in this community by the absolutely amazing women that we get to do life with. Uh, The amount of wisdom, the amount of courage, the amount of strength, bravery, experience, passion, leadership, selflessness, kindness that is embodied by the women in this community is absolutely phenomenal and that is exactly what we're going to be celebrating this morning. So in a few minutes I'm going to briefly share about one of the incredible women that we meet in the book of Acts. Uh, We're doing a series on Acts at the moment and so that's going to be really exciting. And then I'm going to be joined up here by some of the incredible women in our community uh, who are going to come and share their stories and their wisdom with you. And I think it's going to be a really amazing, really magical experience. So that's exciting. Um, But before we start, I think it's important to acknowledge some of the experiences that mothers go through every day. So we've got some up here. Have a look at the first one. There we go. She believed she could and she almost did until someone said, Mom, 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 3,897 times and then she forgot what she was doing. Yeah, that's my life, definitely. Can anyone relate to that? (laughs) And then the next one. The quickest way for a mother to get her children's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. (laughs) Who can relate to that? Yeah. And then the next one. Mothers are basically part of a scientific experiment to prove that sleep is not a crucial part of human life. That's certainly where I come from today. Uh, My daughter was up almost every hour last night for a range of various annoying reasons. Um, But yeah, of course, you know, Michael's on worship, I'm preaching, so, you know, we get no sleep. That's just the way it goes. Um, And then lastly, this one. Mother. 
A woman who loves unconditionally, unconditionally, leads by example, and puts others before herself. I think this one's really special. I actually saw this on Teddy's preschool story app the other day uh, as they were interviewing the children about uh, what their mothers are like and, um, you know, what they're doing for Mother's Day. And I, yeah, I was just really moved by this description. And I think it's, it's really special because it kind of indicates that to be a mother, you don't necessarily have to have your own biological children. Uh, in this description, mothers are all women who love unconditionally, lead by example, uh, and put others before themselves. And it's actually really amazing because the Bible is full of these mothers, these women who play a prominent role in God's story of us. A good number of these women, a good number of these mothers, don't have their own biological children, but they help to raise, nurture, and care for and support children everywhere. And these are the women who have given life to the kingdom of God and to the church. And this morning, I'd like to introduce you to one of these women, and her name is Tabitha. So we're going to read her story in Acts 9, verse 36. I'll have it up on the screen as well for you. Now, there was a follower of Jesus who lived in Joppa. Her Aramaic name, Tabitha, means gazelle. She lived her life doing kind things for others and serving the poor. But then she became very ill and died. After the disciples prepared her body for burial, they laid her in an upstairs room. When the believers heard that Peter was nearby in Lydda, they sent two men with an urgent message for him to come without delay. So Peter went back with them to Joppa, and upon arriving, they led him to the upper room. There were many widows standing next to Peter weeping. One after another showed him the tunics and other garments that Tabitha had made to bless others. Peter made them all leave the room. Then he knelt down and prayed. Turning to the dead body, he said, Tabitha, rise up. At once, she opened her eyes and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers and all the widows to come and see that she was alive. The news spread all over the city of Joppa and many believed in the Lord. This is a really quite significant and powerful story. Uh, and there's some really amazing symbolism and really amazing points that we can draw out. So we're going to have a look at a few of these. Uh, the first one that's really fascinating is that when... Uh, so Luke, the author who wrote the book of Luke, also wrote the book of Acts. And he describes Tabitha uh, in this translation, it says follower of Jesus. But in the Greek, Luke uses the feminine... Uh, word for disciple, um, Methetrius in the Greek. This is the only time in the entire New Testament where a woman is called a disciple in a way that is equal to men. The only time. So Luke in this way presents Tabitha as fully 
equal to all of the um, male disciples in his gospel stories. And this is highly significant, and it's not because Tabitha was the only female disciple of Jesus. That's not the case. There were so many other women who followed Jesus faithfully and had such incredible stories to tell. Um, Unfortunately, because of the times, a lot of these stories and voices were silenced. Uh, But this is significant, the fact that Tabitha is called a disciple, because despite the culture of the time, and sometimes even the culture of today, uh, where women are seen as less significant, less important, less intelligent, less influential, Tabitha shines through as a woman of strength, a woman of courage, and a woman of influence in her community. And her story survived, and it acts to amplify the voices and stories of women just like her everywhere, including us here today. So what about Tabitha and her life was so significant in this story? Why was she given that amazing title? Well, firstly, she lived a life that was profoundly countercultural for her time. It's very likely that the fact that this account does not mention a male relative and it does not mention that she had any children, which would have been important to mention if she had passed away, there's no mention of that, which means it's very likely that Tabitha was unmarried and had no children. She was also likely a woman of significant wealth. Her home, it's described, has an upper room. That's something that the average person could not, never afford. You had to have significant wealth to have another story in your house. And we know that she was a talented and gifted seamstress and she likely had her own thriving business in this area. So here in the first century of the Roman Empire, we see a woman of agency, of reputation, of status and of wealth who is described as equal to men and is afforded the respect of having her name recorded amongst the great stories of the early church. That's really significant. But what's really remarkable about Tabitha is what she does during her life. Luke records that she lived her life doing kind things for others and helped the poor. Now, the story tells us about these widows who were there weeping at her side when she died. And the term widow, it represents all women without a home, without a family. So women who may have been abandoned by their husbands or shunned by their own families of origin, uh, widows who found themselves um, on the brink of poverty, maybe people who are facing sickness then there was no hope for these women in the Roman Empire. No homeless shelters, no government support, no Medicare, nothing like that. Women without male relatives, without you know, inheritance, without wealth to support them were some of the most vulnerable people in this time. They were threatened by homelessness, by violence, by destitution and despair. But in this story, 
we see these women in Tabitha's home, dressed in the beautiful clothes that she made for them. And when we put the pieces of this story together, what we see is that Tabitha had opened her home to be a refuge for these women, and likely their children, a safe place for the women who were left vulnerable and homeless due to their circumstances. And Tabitha provided these women with a home and with a family. It's quite remarkable, especially at this time and for this story to be recorded in this way. And the turning point, of course, in the story is that Tabitha dies. This mother figure for these vulnerable women was gone. And they mourn. But then a miracle happens. Peter is called upon and in an act that echoes so many of these amazing figures throughout the biblical history of the raising of the dead, including Jesus raising Jairus' daughter, Peter, too, through the power of the Spirit, raises Tabitha. And God's power of resurrection is once again enacted through his agents in the world. And with these incredible words, Tabitha, rise up. Tabitha becomes an even more powerful symbol of the new life of the kingdom of God in her community. Now, as phenomenal as the raising of Tabitha from the dead is, and it's, you know, obviously really significant and incredible, but it's really how she lives her life as a reflection of the saviour she follows that is the most beautiful and impactful point in this story. In the midst of a patriarchal society that was all about using wealth, using power, Uh, using status, reputation, and intellect to exploit others, to treat people as resources for your own gain. Tabitha lived a subversive life, one of love, one of compassion, one of selflessness and sacrifice, as she took the most vulnerable in her community under her wing and cared for them with a mother's heart with God's heart. And by risking her economic status to love and provide for the less privileged, Tabitha amplified the voices and stories of those in her care. She truly embodied the kingdom of God and brought the healing and compassion of Jesus into her world. A life lived For God in this way is a gospel life, a resurrection life, brave in the face of death and darkness, seeking to bring light and new life to those living in despair. And such is the living power of the resurrection, the power of hope, the power of community, the power of family. And what an example Tabitha sets. What a story of a mother's heart, of someone who loves unconditionally, someone who leads by example and puts others before herself.
I hope you're feeling encouraged and inspired by this incredible, uh, this incredible story of Tabitha in the Bible. And the amazing news is, is we're not done with our service yet. Uh, we had the privilege this morning of hearing the voices and stories of some of the incredible women from our own community as they come and share their experiences with us this morning. The crazy thing is, is that we only have four coming up today, but I could literally have every single woman in this room up here sharing. Because as I said, the absolute talent, the passion, the incredible wisdom in this room and in this community, the women who are unseen, the women who just spend so much time investing into the people in our community, into the ministries that we run through the heart of this church. There are so many of them. But today, obviously, time restrictions and space restrictions. We have four, and I'm sure you will be absolutely blessed uh, by this little discussion that we're going to have. So I'd like to invite Ruthie and Mel and Donna and Nicole to come and join us this morning. If we give them a welcome. We're just going to grab our stools and sit up here. And be COVID safe and space ourselves out a little bit. All right. All good. Wonderful. This is fun. A bit different. So let me introduce these absolutely amazing women to you. We have our beautiful Ruth. She is our youth pastor here at Kingsway, leads the incredible young people in this church. She's absolutely amazing. We have the amazing Nicole. She is, uh, if you don't know Nicole, you need to know Nicole. She is absolutely amazing. Her heart is just so beautiful and she invests so much of her time and, and energy and effort into our littlest people here at Kingsway, which is fantastic. We have the incredible Mel, who uh, is, uh, works at Platform 9, which is one of our incredible uh, women's refuge ministries um, through Kingsway Care. And she also heads up our, her community women's ministry here at Kingsway. And then we have the amazing Donna, who is just phenomenal. Um, and Donna works, uh, volunteers at Jacaranda Cottage, which is another incredible uh, young women's ministry that we have through Kingsway. And Donna is also a preschool teacher. There are so many families in this room who have had their kids be taught by Donna in many capacities, including mine, which is just amazing. So thank you all for being up here and sharing with us today. Um, again, if you don't know these women, you need to know them. They are absolutely amazing, every single one of them. So what we're going to start with today, I'll just get each of you just to share a little bit, if you don't mind, about what you do. I've given you a little intro, but you can explain a little bit more about what you do and kind of how you got into that space. Do you want to start, Donna? Sure. Um, am I, I'm on? Yeah. Hi. Um, so here at church, I'm involved, like Jess said, with um, Jacaranda Cottage, which is a refuge for young women aged 16 to 24. 
Um, I think I'm a positive female role model for them there. Um, I am. <laughs> um, I also um, volunteer here at church on Wednesdays with Mainly Music, where we connect with young mums and um, little children, which I love doing. Um, I cook meals for people. I bake cakes for Dave Standen, wherever he is. Um, <laughs> um, he's with kids, that's good. Um, I, I just care for other people in general, I think because God's made me that way. But in my work, um, like Jess said, I'm an early childhood educator and I work at a local preschool and I've been in that industry for 30 years, I dare say. I'm Mel. Um, I've worked in, <clears throat> sorry, uh, literal refuges for the last 16 years. Um, I've worked at Jacarena Cottage, um, yeah, for 16 years, which is a refuge for homeless young women aged between 16 and 25. And that was about creating a home um, when they didn't have a safe home uh, for 12 months. And, you know, my role there was to love, care, nurture, um, encourage dreams, um, believe in them, be their biggest cheerleader, just like a natural mother would, um, along with the team. Um, and I've been at Platform 9 for the last sort of 10 months. And that's a refuge as well, um, and that's working with women and children um, who are homeless or escaping domestic violence. And as well, that's about creating a safe space, um, yeah, when they are sometimes in, you know, fear for their life um, and don't have somewhere safe to go. And it's creating a place of safety, nurturing, um, giving them assistance and guidance, some breathing space to figure out the next steps. And yeah, I got into that. Um, I remember in year 12 studying for the HSC and God gave me a clear vision um, and heart for women um, to create a place where people can belong, feel loved, use their gifts and feel encouraged. Um, so yeah, I've done, tried to do that through um, my role at Jacaranda and now Platform 9. Um, yeah, there's just, that's what I do and how I got there. Um, yeah, I'm Nicole, um, and within the beautiful ministry here I do is I do um, help look after the, the art kids and, and minister to them, and I've been doing kids ministry and also youth ministry for over 20 years, approximately, and I love every minute of it. Um, for my, my um, beautiful job, and I, don't, I, I call it a job, but I call it a ministry as well, is that I, I too am an early childhood educator and I've been there for three years and I work in a beautiful Christian centre um, which is such a blessing and I get to um, invest into the lives of the kids and I do run a room of zero to two year olds so it is very full on every day um, but I wouldn't change it and I, if you've known me over the years, I actually once said I was never going to be a childcare worker. And here I am. Um, but I do enjoy it and I do love being able to just to invest in the lives of the kids but also invest in the lives of the families. And some of the families in my centre are non-Christian. Um, so it's great just, yeah, to do that. Um, yes, well, I have always had a heart for girls and youth and just really... Um, helping them find freedom from the lies and the pressures and the unrealistic expectations that just suffocate them and help them really embrace the truth of who they really are. So, whoop, 
done that in many different expressions, but yes, I have the honor of doing it here for our youth and creating, should we swap? Creating a safe space for, um, yeah, our youth to belong in a loving family that sees them and knows them and values them and loves them just as they are and a safe space where they can stuff up and also step up and just be embraced in God's love. So That's fantastic. What an incredible group of women we have here um, just in their everyday lives, just investing so much into the amazing uh, community that we have around us. It's just so fantastic. So thank you for all that you do. I want to know that you are seen and valued um, for everything that you do in our community and in the broader community, and that goes for everyone else here as well. Um, this is really a celebration of women to say you are seen every moment that you invest into someone else's life is seen and recognised and acknowledged. So thank you. Um, yeah, the next question that I had for you is, uh, we've just learned about Tabitha, this amazing woman who didn't have her own children, but opened up her home and her life to supporting and nurturing and caring for the women um, in her community. I just, the next question is, do you have someone like that or have you had someone like that in your life that you would like to share about? So, um, yes, I am single and honestly, this is not <laughs> how I thought life would um, turn out in this time. But we have so many incredible Tabithas in this community that welcome me into their homes and their lives and, um, yeah, a place where I am embraced just as I am usually in trackies, whether it's like big smile, ready for fun, or like crying and just needing a hug. There's like so, so many people in this room, but a huge highlight to the Burns Mickelsons because they, yeah, always open up their home for me, always invite me over and just, they're a second family. So yeah, but there is so, so many people in this uh, community and I know that's the heartbeat of this church and youth that it is a place where everyone belongs and matters. So, yeah, if you need a Tabitha, just knock on someone's arm with COVID restrictions. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, when thinking about this, I was, could think of so many people in the community, but I'm also thinking of people that are connected to our community. And one person that really stuck out was my mum because she has the most beautiful heart and she is very gifted in knitting and crocheting, and which skipped me. Um, but she, every day, just makes things and sends them to people who need them. And um, she's just, yeah, even through COVID and things, she would just every day make blankets and jumpers, and, and every day she would just send boxes to anyone who needed them, whether they were in our local community or was sent overseas and, and I just think that the heart and, and there's so many people with that kind of heart that is just willing to go, okay, this is what someone needs, let's, however that looks, um, everybody's different but, um, you know, there's people who are amazing cooks who, you know, somebody needs a meal and without hesitation they just go, here it is, 
Yeah. Uh, my mum has also been great at um, being a Tabitha. I love that at Christmas time or um, our table is always open. We've had lots of random people join us at Christmas um, who didn't have families to go to, to have a place of belonging. So I love that there's always been an open table policy um, that, yeah, she's always invited people along um, yeah, to be part of our family um, when they haven't had that themselves. Um, but also my first youth group leader, Pamela. Um, yeah, she was probably Tabitha to me as well in that, you know, those formative years of being a teenager, trying to figure out who you are, um, where you belong in the world. Um, she was really great, just being available, investing in us, you know, week in, week out. Um, yeah, and she really saw through a little group of us. We are all really different, like the girls that were in our little um, cell group. Um, but we just had the commonality of she gave us a place to belong um, during that time when it can be really hard to find your place in the world. So that was really significant. I could um, name lots of women in this room who could be Tabithas to me. Um, but today I'm just going to mention two very godly women who um, are really significant in my life because I don't have any family in Sydney, so I don't have my mum close by. So um, the first person um, who's been a Tabitha to me and lots of other communities is Diana Katz. Um, she gets me and she understands me and um, she shares a lot of life wisdom with me and I don't even think she knows she's mentoring me, but you are, Diana. You mentor me all the time. You not only are you here for me, you're, you're, you had 30 years of ministry in Papua New Guinea as a missionary and you still invest in them and you're just such an inspiration. So thank you for all that you do. Um, the other person is Carolyn Hayward. Carolyn um, and I, we both garden, we both cook, we both walk, we both read books um, and she's, she's that real... Um, blessing to me where I can just go and sit in her house in my tracky ducks as well and I can drink a glass of champagne with you and we can chat about all sorts of things and, um, and that's just a real blessing in my life. So you're both my Tabithas and I see you as my spiritual mums as well and sisters. Um, so yeah, I just find them just complete blessings. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. How incredible to amplify the voices of these women in our lives. I think that's so important. Um, I just wanted to mention, if you're sitting here thinking, I don't have a Tabitha right now, and I need one, um, a really great place to connect with these incredible women in this room is our Her Community ministry that we run through this church. It's just an incredible space for women to get together and support each other, love each other, care for each other. Um, and we have a number of events that run regularly through the year. So if that's something you'd like to be a part of and you're not at the moment, come and see um, any of us, really, and we can help you to get connected. Because as you can hear, I think, you know, strong communities are made up of strong relationships, strong uh, women supporting each other, and men, of course, as well. And it's just really important to, I think, stop and acknowledge the people who have got us to where we are. Um, yeah, so I want to encourage you, find that person in your life. Find that Tabitha in your life. Um, we all need one, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I can say personally as well, um, Donna, sitting here, has been my Tabitha. I don't have family in Sydney either, and my mum's actually been quite unwell for a, a long period of time too, and 
And Donna has been my shoulder to cry on and someone to make me meals and to look after my kids when I need a break. And it's just been really special. So, yeah, just uh, I think that's really important to acknowledge that. The next thing we want to talk about is we've talked about the people who have impacted your lives and acknowledged and named some of those beautiful women. And I just want to give you an opportunity to share perhaps an experience that you've had where you've had a real impact on someone else's life, uh, where you have really stepped out and cared for someone and that, you know, you have a, a story that you'd like to share about that. Um, okay, so I think when it comes to, um, it's kind of a bit surreal when it comes to working out the impact you've made. And for me in, in kids ministry and um, even in my workplace, just because some of them are so little, you kind of go, hmm, what are they, have I, have I impacted them? But I think one thing I love to see is that um, on a Sunday and even in a workplace, the joy of the kids coming into church and the joy of the kids and um, being able to see the children just um, love each other and share with each other. And, and you hear stories from the parents going, the kids have spoken about what you've taught them this particular day. And, and I think even in my workplace... Um, we do have some families that are non-Christian, but one big thing we do in our centre every day is we pray with the kids before every meal. Um, we do our devotions every day and, and do that. And, and after a while, you kind of hear the kids tell you the stories and you, you have the parents come and say, my child told me today that when they spoke about Jesus, they spoke about the story that we shared. And, and one thing that in our room is every day we um, try to encourage the, the families, but also encourage the kids just to live the life of God. And um, we have the little the little two-year-olds, and I'll say to them, so where does Jesus live? And they all point and they go, to my heart. So those kind of are the impacts that you might not always think that you see, but you know are being um, invested and stuff like that. So, yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to try before I completely fall apart. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, so through, um, just on the way here this morning in the car, um, I worked at Jacaranda for 16 years. Oh my gosh. Um, but the really special thing about Jack, um, is the girls would stay there for 12 months and you really get to know them and they get in your heart. And my kids were asking me about, they were talking about some of the girls that they'd met over the years and asking about them and their names and where they are um, and how they're going. Um, and yet, <clears throat> the amazing thing about um, Jack is that um, it really is that second home. It really is a big family. Um, there's not just one mum, there's a bunch of mums, you know, all the staff and all the aunties there. Um, and being able to journey with them for that longer period of time. Um, 
is really special when you've been through the highs and lows with them, just like your own kids. You know, there's times where you're really struggling with each other, where they're driving you up the wall, um, where they're really not loving you because you're giving them tough love and boundaries when they need it. Um, but at the end of the day, being that safe place for them um, and them knowing that they can come back whenever they need to, um, it's just really unique and really special. Because even like a couple of weeks ago, Chrissy and I went to um, an engagement party of one of our girls who lived there, it must have been 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and she would keep coming back for Christmas, then we didn't hear from her for about five years, or I know, a couple of years, and then, you know, things weren't going great in her world and she reconnected. So I think just being that, um, you know, that mum is kind of that rock in your life that you can always go to no matter what, no matter what's been said or how long it's been, um, they're just always there for you. And um, yeah, working at Jacaranda, um, yeah, being able to be a part of that has been a real honour. Um, and at Platform 9 as well, more recently, um, it's a refuge, it's an old nursing home, it's not a flash, it's really cold in some ways, the physical environment. Um, but just over the last week, a couple of the ladies I've been working with um, talking about them say, oh, I don't want to leave, I just love it here. And it's not because it's a comfortable or pretty or nice place, but it is um, the community, having a place to belong, a place of safety, where there's always someone around to give you an encouraging word or to hear your story, um, to listen to you, to believe in you, to validate um, what you're going through. Um, yeah, so just being that witness, I think, to someone's life um, in those ways has been a real honour um, that I've been able to be Jesus' hands and feet in those, in those spaces. Um, yeah, when people have really hit rock bottom, so... Yeah, I can validate those stories that um, Mel's talking about with Jack Cottage because I've been, been there too. But today I'm going to tell you a different story and um, I do have permission to tell this story. So um, I'm going to... Excuse me if I'm going to read a bit of it because I just don't want to miss any of this because it's really important. Um, the Gray family started coming to Kingsway Community Church about a year and a half ago and um, with two little girls, Sandra... Um, she started coming to Mainly Music on a Wednesday. And it's here where God used me um, to touch the life of a very quiet, reserved and extremely anxious little girl named Evie. Oh, I feel emotional now. <laughs> Initially, Evie never left her mum's side. She didn't make eye contact with anyone. She didn't speak to anyone. She didn't allow anyone else to touch her. Um, I feel God positioned me with my experience in early childhood education, to be right there alongside Evie and her family. Even though I knew there would be no response each week at Mainly Music, I'd still say hello to Evie and I intentionally said her name so that she knew that she would be valued and seen and heard and loved. I played at the dough table each week in Mainly Music. I made the colour dough that she liked. I talked to her. And eventually, Evie spoke to me through her mum. She whispered to her mum, and her mum spoke to me, and we were communicating at long last. Um, eventually, Evie high-fived me. Eventually, Evie smiled at me. Eventually, she waved to me at the end of the day. 
The whole time Sandra was expressing to me how anxious she was about Evie ever going to preschool and how she would get there. Sean and Sandra proactively undertook a short university course in, how, um, in um, um, children with anxiety and um, um, with, high, with, yeah, with anxiety. And in amongst this, I intentionally, on a Sunday, would pop into the ark just to keep that connection going with Evie. God positioned me here and he moved me and he, he helped me build that relationship with her. Um, Sandra was still worried and, and, um, the, at the thought of Evie going to preschool. So I suggested the family pop into preschool where I work and take a look. Because sometimes when you look and see things, it's a bit different to what you expect it to be. This visit was at the end of 2019. And God was fully with us all the way that day. He had his hand over all of us. Sandra, Sean, Evie, me, the person who took him on the tour through the preschool. That person who took him through the preschool that day was really supportive. She was caring. She was loving. She spoke to Evie beautifully, even though Evie didn't respond. Um, but she included her. This was to be her place of belonging and where she could find her identity as a little girl. Evie was enrolled and Sandra would say to me, I'm not sure I'll get her there. I don't know if I'm going to get her there. But between school tour and starting preschool at the beginning of this year, Evie invited me to their house during the holidays. And as a teacher, I jumped on it because I knew that was another way for me to build relationship with her. She wanted to show me her fairy garden. So I arrived at the house and we sat in the lounge room for a little while and came time to show me the fairy garden. And Evie took me by the hand. She held my hand. And Sandra... Sandra just about fell off the couch. It was just amazing. So we spent time in the backyard looking at the fairy garden and then Evie took my hand again and showed me all through the house. And Sandra was really surprised. This encouraged us immensely. Um, um, God was so walking with me and Evie all the time. And, um, and then it was time to start preschool. And of course... I was praying prior to her coming to preschool. I prayed the morning that she came to preschool and Evie started preschool. And that was in January. She cried for maybe the first five minutes and then she held my hand for most of the morning. She did the same thing the next day. Now she's a valuable, included, active little girl within our preschool community. She plays with other children. She talks to other children. She whispers to me sometimes, and sometimes she speaks out loud. But God has got his hand on all of us. And I just want to say that God positions us to see others and to care for others. God has got Evie. He's got her. And it was his plan all along. Um, I was just used as a supporting vessel for this family. Perhaps I was there, Tabitha. So beautiful. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just go real quick. Um, we have uh, some of the kids at youth from homes that are, yeah, not awesome. And um, either... Um, yeah, just their homes are not places where they want to be. And, um, yeah, we have the privilege of being a family for them and them feeling 
like this is their home and that this is where they're loved and welcomed um, when outside places they might not be, but here they belong. And just um, one of our kids is just going through such a hard, hard time and um, no one's understanding her, no one's getting her, everyone's just like pushing her away and yeah, she just gets to come here and be completely loved. <laughs> we just love people. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for sharing those beautiful stories. I think the thing that's just so beautiful about it is that through these stories, these beautiful kids and these women get named, they get acknowledged, they get seen, and that's so important. I think that's one thing that really strikes me about Tabitha's story is the fact that she gives the women in her life a story, a name. You know, in a, in a world where women are supposed to be unseen, she makes them seen. And that's what this community is doing, and it's so special. Oh, go on. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, okay, let's take a minute. Breathe. <laughs> um, the last question and this will be really special, is um, your advice. All of you have shared just some really beautiful things. And I think what's really striking about the things you're sharing is they're just, they're everyday little responses in the moments. They're not these massive, big, like, you know, however you want to call them, mountaintop experiences. They're a small child who just wants someone to say hello. They're, you know, a woman who who is struggling, who just needs someone to come back to and call when she is struggling, just praying with a child and, and being here every Friday to support them. Like, it's just those little things. But it makes such a world of difference. Um, yeah. So, lastly, what advice do you have for women in our community who are here and listening, who are trying to understand how to rise into their... I suppose, kingdom identity, um, how they are trying to understand how to respond to the people in their world. Um, yeah, so I believe that God has gifted each and every one of us with a unique reflection of his character. Um, but there can also be so much pressure from our society for our lives to all look a certain way to be valued or to have it all or to do it all. And it can be easy to get caught up in a lie that we don't measure up or that uh, who we are is not enough. Um, but God says that our value and purpose is not in what our lives look like, but in who he says we are. And he never called us to look like each other, but to look like him. And so rising into God's purpose, I don't believe, is about doing more, but about being with him. Um, the Song of Songs continually talks about, arise, my darling, and come away with me. That um, as we arise into our kingdom purpose and identity, uh, we come away, we arise by coming away with Jesus. Um, and it's from that place of being that all of our doing flows out of. Uh, one of my favourite verses is uh, Song of Songs 1-4. And it says, um, draw me into your heart and lead me out. 
Um, and I think the best place to start is to just hang out with God. Um, at the end of last year, I was uh, really overwhelmed by um, what am I going to be doing? Like, what's the plan? Um, all those big questions of what should I focus on? And I felt God's invitation to just come and hang out. Um, just like when you hang out with a friend a lot, you naturally know their heart and where they're going and the direction they're on. Um, yeah, I just felt God's invitation to um, let go of trying to figure everything out and just come and hang out and the rest will just flow from that. Um, yeah, so in everything we do, um, relationship with God really is the ultimate goal. And I know for me, you can, I can get caught up in the doing and forget the purpose and the source. Um, but knowing that before we even took a breath or before uh, we had any success or any failure, that we were unconditionally loved um, and that has never, ever changed. And so just as we step up and step out and try things and make mistakes and learn and grow, um, that we are through it all loved and, um, yeah, everything we do comes not for love but from love and that is the source of our identity and purpose that we are loved and love. Yeah, the purpose to be loved and to love. Um, I kind of just wrote a few things and, and um, some of them are kind of, sometimes I think we have to be at a certain place in our relationship with God and sometimes we think that somebody else is more spiritual than us so they should be doing something that um, we're not and so I kind of just was um, thinking and it's just like a couple of things like just follow what God has placed in your heart each day whatever you do just do it as you're serving God um, you know everyone's life is very different um, and things like that and then sometimes we just have to step out we're not ever going to be in a place where we're perfect. Um, so sometimes we just got to step out and serve and know that um, God's going to, to take us and look after us. And sometimes we do make mistakes and that's okay. We just get back up and we just do it again. Um, the other one is just, just to put yourself around some amazing um, women of God. And I think that's one thing that I've learned over the years. Um, you know, there's struggles and you just have those people. And the other one is, sometimes we don't know where we're going. We just have to trust. Um, I'm going to... Sorry. <laughs> five years ago, five years ago, I did spiritual formation, and this is not me giving a big plug to spiritual formation because it's coming up. But you might like to do it. Um, I did it about five years ago, and I thought I knew who I was, but God revealed a new me, and um, and now I'm settled in that, and I think I can I I, I live to those strengths that were re were revealed to me. So um, I'm going to say, believe in yourself, because God believes in you. And take time to be alone with God. Listen to him, be bold, be brave, and go where he wants to take you. Um, yeah, 
and just, um, just love and care for other people because that's what we're here for. Um, echoing a bit on what um, Nicole said, I think God's placed certain burdens and passions and um, dreams on all of our hearts and to not be afraid to go after them, even if you don't have the whole picture to take one step, whether it's big or little, to go into it. Um, no matter what season you're in, like for the young ones, I really want to encourage you. Like I was in year 11 or year 12 when I first got this passion for women. Um, and I want to encourage you, 1 Timothy 4.12, do not let others look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in faith, in life and love and in purity. And that's something that really I held on to when I got that when I was young to not be, you're not too young to start following God's calling in your life. Um, you know, if you're in a later season as well, just if you have had dreams or passions that you've forgotten about, that I had a um, sense this year that God's maybe going to restir some of those old passions and dreams that you've forgotten about that might not have happened yet, but don't lose hope that he might restir um, some of those things on your heart. So it's never too late to go after that calling or dream that God put on your heart. Um, and yeah, just one step, be faithful and don't do it alone. You know, we are a community and we're here to do it together. Um, and yeah, we just, we've got a bunch of sunflowers up here. Um, and we're going to give you a gift of sunflower seeds. Um, because when you look at a sunflower, um, they arise with the sun. There's a lot of beautiful analogies about sunflowers. Um, and they don't try and compete with each other. They just stand there all enjoying the glory and the beauty of the sun um, together. And they each reflect beauty in their own unique way. And they do it together. Um, yeah, again, not trying to compete. Um, but just, and they're beautiful, they're stunning. You don't look at one sunflower and go, oh, that's not as good as that one, or, oh. They're just all stunning in their own way, and they're all just looking at the sun. So I just want to encourage us all to arise um, like the sunflowers and, yeah, just all look to God and follow him in our own unique way, and we're doing it together, not in competition. Um, and, yeah, go for it. Thank you. That was absolutely amazing. I told you. <laughs> How beautiful was that? Such incredible wisdom and vulnerability. And we're so grateful for all of your experiences, for your wisdom, uh, for yeah, having the courage and the bravery to share from your hearts. Um, that rawness and that honesty is just so, so powerful and uplifting and encouraging. And we thank you so much for that. Um, now, Ruthie's going to just give us a few ways that um, all of the ministries here that are being represented, uh, there's a few things running at the moment where you can get involved in um, support in your own little way if that's something that you'd like to do. So I'll let Ruthie tell us about those. Um, so we have Secret Sister launching today. So up the back, um, if you have already signed up for that. We'll be giving you who your secret sister is. Unless they haven't filled out their form, then you'll just have to wait a little bit. If you haven't, we have your form ready to fill out. Um, if you're like, oh, I didn't even know about it. I want to get involved. 
um, come and see Bernie up the back or me um, and we'll get you included in that too. But that is just a beautiful way that we can all be Tabithas to each other and just invest in each other's lives. The whole like you invest in one, which invests in many. Um, we also have our Platform 9 cookbooks up the back. Um, they were a fundraiser, fundraiser we did to raise money for Platform 9 um, to bring some more hope and life to the environment. Um, the image on the back of the cookbooks is actually what is a mural painted in the client room to just help them feel loved and um, that peace and that transformation and just all the feelings that we want them to walk away with. We've tried to create a mural that represents that. So the cookbook is full of delicious recipes from this community as well as beautiful stories from Platform 9 and encouragements and all sorts of things. So that is raising funds for Platform 9. And Jacarina Cottage Fun Run is on the 29th of May in a couple of weeks. We would love you to be a part of that. You can come join our team and walk or run to raise money. Or if you are not into that, you can also sit on your couch and have a big breakfast and do the unrun and still get involved and support. So that's another amazing thing. And Oh, yes. If you would like to be a Tabitha to our kids and youth... We would love you to come and see any of us, me, Nick, Abs, um, and come and hang out with our kids who are changing the next generation. So, yeah, there's a few things that you can do. Awesome. Thank you. Can we give these incredible women a round of applause? That was really special. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you. Take my chair down. Um, okay, so... I really, really hope that you feel encouraged and uplifted by the service this morning. I think what we just witnessed here today and what we were a part of was really special. Um, and like I said, this is representative of so many women in our community, wherever they are at all different stages of their lives. And it's so special to be a part of such an incredible, beautiful, supportive community here. Um, so the beautiful women here are just handing out some gifts for all of the girls in the room just to bless you, to celebrate you, because you deserve to be celebrated today. And um, we'll just get the band up as well, if that's okay. So just while we're doing that... Um, yeah, the verse that we have uh, for this morning from that story of Tabitha was just she lived her life doing kind things for others. I think that's such a, a beautiful description of this woman who just uh, invested so much into caring and nurturing for those uh, around her. And I just want to encourage each and every one of you that you deserve to be cared for in that way. You deserve to be loved and invested in oh my gosh seriously um yeah you really you really deserve that and we we as a community of women here want to provide that to you and for you so matter no matter where you are if you feel like um you would like to connect in with somebody from this community to have your tabitha to have someone to support you to call upon to pray with please 
reach out to one of us. We would love to connect you in with our amazing community here. And even if you are connected in with our community, but you're feeling unseen or there's something that you're struggling to talk about, I'd ask you to have the courage to do that. It's really important to be part of a community to know that you're not in this alone. And I'd also like to encourage you that even if you feel insignificant or insufficient, you are a Tabitha. You are that woman who is called just by by who you are right now to amplify the voices of those around you, especially the ones who are unseen and unheard and unnamed. We are called to name the nameless. We are called to lift up those voices in our lives. So I encourage you just as we sing this last song that you would just, just reflect on the beautiful words of wisdom that we've heard this morning and reflect on where you're at in your own journey Um, and then after this song we'll have some time for prayer as well. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching. If you'd like to connect with us, make a financial gift, or find out more about Kingsway Churches, head to kingsway.org.au. Have a good one.